Welcome to Running Up the Score. I am Alex Kennedy. This is my show where we talk all things sports. Today, I'm joined by a guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. He's been one of the most productive rookies in this class, despite going undrafted. One of the feel-good stories and pleasant surprises of this NBA season, my guest is Craig Porter. Let's get to my interview with Craig. Craig, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Uh, You've been playing so well. Uh, Last time we talked was during the pre-draft process. Uh, Now, I have some stats to rattle off here. You are top five in PER among rookies, number one in assist-to-turnover ratio among rookies, number one in steal percentage for all rookies, two-time nominee for Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month, uh, and the only rookie averaging at least 10 points, five rebounds, five assists uh, as a starter this season. It's been so impressive to watch what you've done in Cleveland. Uh, How has your adjustment to the NBA been going so far? Uh, I mean, it's been very fast-paced learning. Um, You know, I mean, with all the injuries we've had so far this season and things like that, I've been pushed to play pretty early. So uh, the learning process has just been the same as the playing process. I mean, as soon as I got put in, I was learning everything and it was all new. But uh, it's just been an amazing journey so far, though. What's been like uh, off the court too, adjusting to the travel and uh, the schedule? How tough has that been? It's different for sure. Uh, I mean, like we're probably halfway through the year right now and it feels like, like, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I didn't realize how many games you really play within, I mean, each week. But uh, I mean, it's it's taking some adjusting, but uh, I just feel like once I figured out my routine, it kind of made everything a lot easier. And uh, the travel is definitely, I mean, it's fun. You know, you get to go see all these different cities and uh, it's just crazy to think what a basketball can do for you. Whenever we talked during the pre-draft process, you had said, I just need an opportunity. And that's been the case throughout your entire career. You know, in college, when you're in JUCO, whenever you've got an opportunity, you've made the most of it. Uh, Same thing this season. You you started getting minutes uh, in some starts and and you made the most of it and played really well. Um, One of the things that you talked about back during that, you know, during pre-draft was how your age and being 23 could help you with the NBA transition. You know, some guys are coming in, they're 19, 20. They're not as mature and not as experienced. How do you think your age has helped you with the the transition to the NBA now that you're actually in it? Um, I mean, it's, it's like you said, the age. I mean, I did five years of college. So, I mean, I feel like I just was put in almost every situation that could prepare me to be a pro. Um, you know, I've played the the role of being just a role player, being just a defender, somebody who sits in the corner. So, you know, I'm just prepared really for any role that I'm put in and uh I mean, I feel like nothing's too big for me to handle any situation I've been put in so far. I've proven, you know, that I can just handle it. And my maturity is probably the biggest thing that stuck out during all of that. So when you went undrafted, uh, you know, you had a number of options. I know you worked out for a lot of different teams. What made you uh, choose Cleveland? What kind of stood out about the Cavs that made you uh, want to sign with them? Uh, I mean, really, it was just their eagerness to just want to work with me and make me a better player. And they were just, I just saw a future here. And I mean, and it's also not too far from where I'm from. So, uh, I mean, just, just being able to be close to home, obviously not too close, but, uh, and still just have an organization this willing to want to work with you and have this much trust in me already. But, uh, even before that, they just saw something in me that I feel like a lot of people didn't see. And, uh, that just being that early, I mean, it, it just meant a lot to me. There's uh, some diehard fans in Cleveland. I think they're known for, you know, their support and their their loyalty. Uh, what's been your reaction to the the fan base in Cleveland and also just the culture uh, kind of up and down the Cavs organization? 
Oh, I mean, the fans are great. I mean, they've, I found a little section in our fan base that just loves me. And it's, uh, you know, at times I see some of the things they say and hear them at the games. And uh, I mean, just hearing people just, just being a fan of my game this early and just having that much confidence in me. And uh, I mean, it's it's just what I like going out there and just playing good for them. I mean, putting on a show for them. And that's, that's just really the main goal. I mean, you know, you got these people who just support you all all year long. I mean, they never know what to expect coming into these games. So, I mean, you know, people who are diehards like that, you just got to go play your off for them. And then what's it been like, I mean, being in the, the Cavs organization, the support they've kind of given you, the culture there, what stands out to you about, you know, your first impression, I guess, of the Cavs organization? Uh, I mean, everybody around here was just super, uh, I mean, hands-on and just, just friendly, I would say. Uh, I mean, everybody just reached out and was just super eager to just help me learn and just be in my corner. And I mean, just having that much support right off the back and being undrafted was just something I didn't expect. But uh, I mean, it's just a very family oriented organization just from the from the owner down to, I mean, the ball boys, everybody just gets along and we all just have that just just friendship going along. And, and it's probably one of the only teams I've been on that I really can't say I think there's anybody on the team who doesn't like each other or even in the organization because everybody just gets along and we're all talking and laughing and joking every day. And it's just it's fun to be around. That's awesome. Uh, playing with Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, obviously Darius is injured right now. But uh, what's it like being able to play with those guys and, and being able to learn from them as well, since obviously, you know, they're two of the better guards in the NBA? Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, but a lot of times I, I always get a little caught up, uh, you know, me being the same age as Darius. It's a little different when we talk. Crazy, yeah. Yeah. So so anytime we talk, I mean, it's not he doesn't really talk to me. Really, any of them, they don't really talk to me like I'm a person who just spent one year in high school or, or not high school, but college. And uh, yeah. I'm just kind of new to the game. They all kind of give me my respect as I've earned it. And uh they just talk to me like I'm an older player. And, you know, I mean, there's obviously points where I got to learn and just new things that they can teach me. And uh, but but they see a lot in me. And I mean, that's just one of the things like you go from playing with these guys on 2K to being on their team. And it's like it's just a surreal feeling. But those guys are great leaders for me. Do you have a welcome to the NBA moment yet? Uh, was there a moment that kind of stood out to you? Like you're like, wow, I've really made it here. Uh. I don't think there's really been one so far. I mean, I feel like playing in overtime against the 76ers in, like, my first few games and actually playing in crunch time minutes like that and just having to go deliver offensively and defensively is probably my moment up to this point. I mean, but other than that, there's not been anything crazy, I don't think. Who's the toughest player so far you've had to guard? Uh, I'll go back to that same game. Uh, they threw me in and they were like, you got Maxi," And I was like, I think this is like probably one or two games after he had just dropped a 50 ball. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I hadn't really been playing that much up to this point either. So I was kind of, you know, injuries happened and I was thrown in that fire. So I was, I wasn't nervous, but I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll take the matchup. That's fine. But he, he's a good player. That's one of those dudes like, him being mixing in the quickness and just the craftiness that he has, is, he's hard to guard, I will say. You mentioned injuries and having to step up. In five games as a starter, you've averaged 11.4 points, 7.4 assists, 6.2 rebounds, 1.4 blocks, and 1.2 steals. Those would be fantastic numbers for anyone, much less a rookie. Uh, how do you kind of stay ready? And, and it, I think a lot of people don't realize how tough that is, you know, not really knowing where your minutes are going to come, when you might be starting, when you're not. How do you kind of stay ready and, and for that opportunity when it comes? 
Uh, I mean, it's it's almost as easy as it sounds. I mean, everybody around the organization from the head coach down to, I mean, even myself, I mean, even my agent, we all tell, everybody's just been telling me, you know, things are going to happen. You're going to get your shot, you know, just always stay ready. And I mean, it sounds simple, but I mean, you just go in there every day just knowing like some little thing could happen and your time will come. And I mean, that could be the change of your whole future. So really just keeping that in the back of my mind. And I mean, everybody's just always had that confidence in me. Even before I was getting on the court, they just saw something in me. And uh, I mean, I'm just taking taking everything I can get from, uh, I mean, just the opportunities. Your game's obviously very well-rounded, but I think one of the things that stands out the most is your defensive impact. Uh, I've talked to coaches who say it's really rare for a rookie to kind of be a defensive uh, difference maker. It kind of takes time sometimes as they adjust to the NBA, the competition level, um, for you to step in as a rookie, an undrafted rookie especially, and make an immediate impact defensively. You know, why do you think you've been able to do that? And, and when so many other rookies, not just this year, but, it, you know, every year have a hard time with defense? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to that maturity and uh, being willing to accept a role. I'll go back to that. And I mean, you know, like I said, five years in college, I mean, there was up until my final year of college, I didn't get to really be that star player on my any team I was on. So uh, really, I had to figure out ways to get on the court. And, you know, like you said, being undersized, I mean, there's always going to be good guards that are my height and can do everything. But what I always tried to figure out what I could do to separate myself. And I mean, I always took defense I that so serious more than offense half the time. So, I mean, that was just one of those things where I realized you know, if I can lock in on this, I can stay on the court and, and you know, and then they got to play you because, I mean, if somebody's getting stops, you know, you, you want that person on the floor. So really, that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, you add in the shot blocking and that just makes it even more better. So that's that's something I try to focus on. For those that didn't maybe follow you in college, you became the first player to ever lead Wichita State in rebounds, assists, steals, blocks. Um, have you always kind of had a well-rounded game? Uh, where Where did that come from? Uh, honestly, I, where it came from, I have no clue. Honestly, uh, I mean, it's really just just going back to even high school. I mean, I just always just played my heart out, just like every game was my last. I mean, it sounds a little corny to say, but I mean, it just was something I just did. I mean, and it it always paid off, and it always worked out. And you know, a lot of times, even when I was younger, you know, people always told me like, you play basketball the right way, and it's gonna always pay out for you. You know, you're you're a team player, you're, you're unselfish. I mean, you don't find that a lot of times, so. Really, I just try to do a lot of everything. And uh, like I've told a lot of people before, I try to play a little bit like Rondo did throughout his career. And I mean, that's a phenomenal player. So if I can model my game after that, I'd be really happy. Yeah, back when we talked uh, before the draft, you had said Rondo and Lonzo Ball were two of the guys that you had studied. Uh, when did you start watching them? And what were some of the biggest things that you kind of learned from watching those guys? Uh, I mean, Lonzo, he's around my age. So, I mean, I, I saw the whole Chino Hills all their high school stuff. So, you know, watching him just play with his brothers and just doing things like that and seeing how he played. I mean, but really I credit him more to Rondo um, because, you know, I was watching him when I was in, this is when LeBron was on the Heat 2013. So I'm middle school, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty undersized. So I'm just, I'm really in the middle of figuring out how I'm going to get into high school and figure out what I'm going to do to get on the course. So, Cause I was really small at that time. Like going into my freshman year, I was like, five two or something like that so like wow. I was I was real small so I had to figure things out but really just I mean he was just for those Celtics teams he was just one of those guys who could do everything he didn't have to score anything besides 10 points but he'll go get you 15 rebounds 13 assists maybe a block or two some steals in there too so it's like he affects the game in so many ways it's just something you got to appreciate
do you kind of take pride in the fact that people look at you and they they see your height and they don't expect you to be a great shot blocker, a rebounder? Um, you know, you go undrafted and now you're exceeding expectations. Do you kind of take pride in proving people wrong and like having kind of a chip on your shoulder? Uh, definitely. I mean, I feel like being overlooked a lot of times kind of brings out a different animal in some people. And uh, I mean, it's just one of those things where, you, you know, you get to a point to where you're like, Yes, I want to prove everybody wrong, but I, at the same time, I just I know what I can do, and I've always had that just self confidence in myself that no matter what I do do or don't do, I mean I I know what I'm capable of, and I just try to go out there and show that no matter what. You are someone that played JUCO ball. Now there's a ton of guys. I'm sure they're going to be pointing to you as kind of uh, the the person they want to emulate. Uh, you, you know what it's like to go through that path and then turn your NBA dream to a reality. What advice would you give to JUCO players that, you know, want to play in the NBA someday? Uh, I mean, I know how hard it is, honestly. I mean, we've when I was in JUCO, we were having those same types of days like other kids are having, you know, those long practices. You know, they make you rethink back in your dorm room if you really want to do this basketball thing. And uh, a lot of people think JUCO's overlooked, and uh, I feel like it's taken a, another step. I mean, honestly, I'm seeing a lot of guys nowadays who are, going to bigger schools than people were when I was there and getting into the league and stuff. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where you got to take every opportunity you get. I mean, it's kind of like what we've been talking about. You know, I didn't start on my JUCO team when I first got there. So, you know, it's, it's just, just do anything you can to just chase your dreams. You know, I mean, there's no better job in the world than playing basketball professionally, you know, because you get to do what you love. But Really, I mean, just do what you love, do what you can, and uh, always just, you know, just, just play your heart out, you know, because basketball, just playing basketball for a living, living is, I mean, anybody's dream, honestly. Was there a certain uh, experience, or I guess, what were your, what was your Duco experience like? And then was there a certain moment where you did kind of question things or doubt, you know, if you could go on to play professional basketball? Uh, I guess, when did you start considering professional basketball as like a realistic opportunity? Uh, I mean, it's, it sounds kind of crazy, but really, uh, I mean, I always believed I could, but you know, that the reality kind of sets in for some people, you know, I mean, even when I was at Wichita having great years and great seasons, I was like, you know, the odds of that happening with my age, my height and a lot of other things. I mean, I took a lot of those things into consideration and I was actually real with myself and, you know, took my cards and played them right. I mean, but up until this this summer, right before I got my agent, I didn't really think about going to the NBA at all. I mean, I obviously thought about how I could, but I mean, overseas was already on my mind. So mm. once I got with my agent, he got me into the Portsmouth uh, Invitational stuff, and then it really just took off from there because I really wasn't going to be in that. And then uh, I think it was Anton Davis, dude from uh, Scoring Leader, New Scoring yeah. Leader, he dropped out of it last minute, and then they called me, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll come for sure. And then the rest is history. Wow, that's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, seeing everything you've done, not only, you know, throughout pre-draft, but now as a rookie this season, to think that if you don't get that opportunity, you're probably playing overseas somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, because that that led to everything. That's where your draft stock blew up. That's pretty crazy to think. Yeah, uh, it, it all came down to just that one uh, opportunity. Mm -hmm. That's why I always, like you said, I mean, it's any opportunity you can get, take the, take the most you can out of it, no matter how small or big it is. I'm just curious if you weren't playing professional basketball, you know, even if you didn't make the NBA, if you weren't playing overseas basketball, like if pro basketball was off the table, what would you be doing? You think what career would you have pursued? 
I mean, I'd still stick around sports. Um, obviously, probably be a coach or something like that. But I mean, um, it's hard to say because you know I've I've been playing basketball since I was four and five years old. So like this this is the life I've always wanted to live, and just to be in it is just I don't know what I'd do if I wasn't doing it. Honestly. Thankfully, you don't think about that. <laughs> um, you mentioned going from playing 2K and seeing, you know, your current teammates to now playing with them. Was there a moment like playing uh, as yourself in 2K or seeing a trading card or your first NBA jersey? Like, was there a moment that kind of felt surreal when you first either saw something or, you know, experienced something? Does anything like that jump out at you? Uh, I mean, seeing myself in 2K was definitely a little... It, caught me off guard i was like whoa that's it just didn't feel real and then uh even just the other day about two days ago when we were in orlando i had to go do uh some new face scans for my player on 2k so it was just like going through all of that was like um that was, that was just crazy too you know because I, I seen some youtube videos back three years ago just how the whole process of putting 2k together works and now i'm part of it it's it's, it's crazy is there anything about the NBA that you didn't expect? Like, I mean, I think a lot of people know, okay, it's going to be faster. The competition is going to be crazy. But then I've talked to players who have said, you know, the travel is way harder than they expect. Some guys say like the downtime, there's just so much free time at hotels and things like that. Is there mm -hmm. something that you've experienced now that maybe you didn't expect before entering the NBA? Uh, I mean, I'd probably say definitely the, the difference, the biggest thing for me would be uh, probably the downtime, too. I mean, I, I thought, honestly, it was going to be a lot more, I'd be just be a lot more busier. I don't know what I would, thought I was going to be doing, but uh, I mean, it's it's honestly crazy how much free time we get, you know, because you practice and then you do all your stuff within some hours, probably four hours a day. And then you got the rest of the day to really do whatever. But, you know, you got to figure out a routine and a schedule and it's just the free times definitely is crazy. I didn't think there would be this much. Yeah, I think that's why you see so many NBA players, you know, play video games on mm -hmm. social media. You got to find some way to fill that time, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm curious, what would it mean to you to be selected for the the Rising Stars game, an all-rookie team? I mean, your name's being thrown out there for, for some of these accolades now, uh, which is so impressive, again, for an undrafted player. Uh, what would it mean to you to to get those, you know, to be honored in that way and be selected? Uh, I mean, it'd mean the world, you know. Uh, I mean, not just because I'm undrafted, but just because of the journey I went through and just yeah. even just the things I've done this season. I mean, it's if anybody deserves it, I feel like I do for sure. But, you know, I'm not going to be mad at it because I'm, I just want to win at the end of the day. I mean, I would take winning over anything, you know. But, I mean, obviously those personal goals of mine are to get into these things. But, uh you know, I mean, I'm just going to keep being me and playing the way I do. But obviously, yes, I would love to be in that stuff. So everybody get me in there. <laughs> just as a reminder, I mentioned it earlier, but top five in PER among rookies, number one in assist to turnover <laughs> ratio among rookies, number one in steal percentage among rookies, two-time nominee for rookie of the month in the East, and the only rookie averaging 10, 5, and 5 as a starter. I mean, come on. It seems pretty, it seems like a pretty uh, easy choice here. It's you, you got to be a lock. Uh You've again, and you've done this making the most of every opportunity. Um, no one kind of had you putting up these kind of numbers and playing the way you are. So I think you're one of like the pleasant surprises and like feel good stories of this NBA season. So from the production to how good of a story is, it just seems it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I'm curious, uh, are you did you exceed your own expectations? Because again, people didn't see this coming. You know, are you surprised by how productive you've been or how many opportunities you've gotten? 
I I'm very surprised, you know, because I mean, coming in on a two way and, and you know spending training camp with everybody healthy and everything like that, you don't necessarily think that four to five people are going to get hurt and that's going to be your first opportunity within the first two or three weeks of your first season, you know. So I mean, even to not even play in the G League yet is kind of was kind of crazy to me. But uh, I mean, like like I said, with the injuries and everything, I mean, it was it was just so fast paced. It just caught me off guard. And I, I really didn't didn't think it was going to be an opportunity that fast. But I figured it'd be at some point. But I mean, once the first one came, I figured, you know, I started playing good and I was like, OK, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm ready. And then, you know, a couple games later, I'm starting and stuff. And then I started earning more and more trust from everybody. And then it was just like, Okay, now nah, I know I'm with the Cavs full time now. <laughs> so, what was that first start like when you found out you were starting and, and taking the floor for the first time? That had to be special. Uh, when when my coach texted me and told me, you know, he was just like, "Be ready." You know, we all got the most confidence in you and everything. I read the text and I was like, "Man, he's lying. Right. <laughs> he's just playing. He's playing a little prank on me or something." But once once I realized it was really official, I mean, it was just one of those like. Dream come true, honestly, but it's again, it didn't even feel real just because it was it was so early in my career, and it's just it was crazy. I'm curious, how do the resources, uh, you know, compare uh, to college? Obviously, JUCO, it's a huge difference, but um, you know, like I talked to guys about just how many coaches there are and and the facilities and everything that's kind of at your disposal to to get better as a player, um, even down to like you know, film study is different. When you look at the resources that you have and just being able to focus on basketball 24-7 for the first time, you know, how much has that kind of helped you? I mean, it's been a big difference maker, honestly, because I can honestly say, like, when I was in college, I worked out and stuff, but I didn't work out outside of practice too much because, you know, there's you have so many other things going on and so many other things you got to do. But like you said, I mean, when you get to focus on basketball 24-7 and you got, I mean, these million-dollar facilities with, I mean, everything you can need that like, you're taking care of so well just so you can focus on basketball. I mean, it's it's a blessing. I mean, even like the film studies, like you said, like they we have certain coaches, position coaches who go through everything with us. And just it's just the preparation for this is next level. And I mean, it, it's no comparison. This is the best. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's better than college and everything. But I mean, it's it's just I didn't expect everything to be this much, but it's, it's great. And is there a certain veteran player or coach or someone that's kind of taken you under their wing and really helped you the most with your adjustment, with kind of teaching you? Is there someone that stands out? Um, I feel like every it's it's crazy to say, but like I feel like there's been a literally a little bit of everybody, like just because the position I've been put into just to come in and have to play this much. I feel like literally everybody on our staff and organization, I mean, even the team's just been like just helping me and just making sure that I'm good and even off the court and everything like that. Like they just, they just make sure we're well taken care of and everything's handled. And uh, I mean, you know, like the encore stuff is going to take care of itself and they got trust in me now. So, you know, I mean, it's just great. And last question for you, Cavs fans, you're obviously like a fan favorite now, your story, your effort, the defensive <laughs> impact, you know, they're loving you. Uh, a lot of them are, are excited about not only what you're doing this year, but what you can become long-term since it's your first season. Uh, when you look at your long-term potential, I'm definitely getting way too ahead of myself here, but thinking about your long-term potential, your ceiling, you know, what do you think your upside is long-term? Um, you know, I haven't really thought too much into that as far as like trying to compare it to another player's career. But I mean, I can see it honestly being something like a Rondo type of career. You know, I mean, um, I mean, he's just all out winner and he's just 
proven himself as just one of those top guards in the league. And uh, I mean, he he's just one of those players, you know, you look at and he's like, I want that guy on my team. And no matter if he's the fourth or fifth option, he's going to produce and do things to help us win. And that's just the type of career I want to have. You know, obviously I want to be the best, but I mean, you know, sometimes you got to do other things to make your career the best it can be. And I mean, I'm prepared for whatever. Well, Craig, this has been awesome. I appreciate it. And uh, keep killing it, man. It's been really fun watching you and seeing everything you've accomplished. But uh, thanks again for your time. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, my guy. If you guys want to watch more episodes of Running Up the Score, you can tune in on X, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And until next time, thanks for watching.